1: The views and opinions expressed by the guests of Sasquatch Experience do not necessarily reflect the opinion of the hosts, sponsors, or affiliates of the Sasquatch Experience. As always, listener discretion is advised. 911, what are you reporting? we got someone or something crawling around
2: out here. Does a legend walk among us, lurking in the forests of our world?
3: Was? was? it a person or an animal?
1: Or? I can't tell. All I know is that my central light came on and I just happened to glimpse and see this thing running across the yard. Uh, a good sized man or something. It looks like a man. I don't know what it was.
2: For over 15 years, we've talked with scientists, researchers, investigators, and witnesses trying to gain insight and proof around the existence of this mysterious entity.
4: Jesus Christ, you better.
3: Chad, gee up. Hello. Get somebody out here.
1: What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine. I don't know. Do
3: you see him now,
4: sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh oh. Okay, hang on. He's right Is he in your yard, sir? Yeah, I got He's big. Okay, what's he doing in your yard? He's looking at me.
2: Join us as we continue into the investigation of the Sasquatch experience. good evening everyone welcome to the sasquatch experience monday october 18th 2021 guys it's uh, great to be back with you here tonight welcome back
1: oh Oh, hey sean that's okay don't mind me i just took my knee out on my desk here but we'll be nancy
2: kerrigan yourself gotcha gotcha Mm, hello vance james vance and henry and baker with us tonight guys somebody asked me last week forker why did you make the intro longer and i did it for a very selfish reason it's less editing later when i go to put this (laughs) so instead of having to cut and split and cut i just you know whatever it'll get better as we go along but thanks for tuning in tonight folks or wherever you're listening it's uh that time of the week again episode 37 the 411 as we continue season four of the missing guys last week we talked about the disappearance of Dennis Martin and what a week it's been in between. I don't know about you, but I've spent some time really, you know, as I said, before we started this, we weren't going to prep, uh, you know, prep every episode, Mm -hmm. right? We were going to kind of go into this and and let it flow organically. But today I spent a decent part of my day, uh, you know, just diving right into the David Politi's material and, And I've been listening to certain podcasts and YouTube videos as we've gone through. I don't like this view because you can't see me when we go on to the three. No, you're not missing anything. No, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Yeah, he'll be back. I'm going to move my camera here. Sorry. So I've been trying to prep for this, and I tell you what: the more and more I get further into this stuff, the more depressing it actually gets.
1: Mm, It can, yes, depending on how uh, emulsified you get into it. Very much so.
4: You know, bringing up uh,
1: uh, the the Polites thing. Well, you know, when Mm -hmm. I first started in the, and I think it's probably been five, six years now, uh, when he came out with the first book. um, Yeah, it's very disturbing, and I think that's what launched it, uh, or as a catalyst into this whole subject thing of what if (laughs) there is uh, an unknown entity involved in these situations, but. Yeah, it it does get kind of disturbing, but they are interesting reads. And I think what brings more um, compelling factor into it is that it's real. These stories are not fictional. These are true stories.
2: No, absolutely. And I think that's something that, you know, weighs on me pretty significantly. This would be easier to go into if they were, you know, they were made up stories Uh you know but the Uh fact these are people that you know in many cases their fate's still uncertain Uh just really problematic Uh you know and and it is it's heartbreaking in some instances especially when you're dealing with the missing children right right and there there are reasons i mean as we're going through and listening to some of these you know some of them could really be predated (laughs) on by large uh, you know, wooded, an- you know, woodland animals, you know, mountain mm-hmm. lions, bears, Th- those are mm-hmm. reality and the reality we live in. Mm-hmm. But you can't take away for a moment if you're in this field that we're in, this strange cryptozoological field and discount the potentiality for a potential Bigfoot. Right. Right. And as we get into the show a little later, we're going to talk about, you know, there's like 11 points David talks about in his books that come together that. Uh, you know, all these cases have some semblance. Maybe not all eleven points, but they have a a, a decent amount that you know. combined and, and you know mm-hmm. go into one. You know, there's a common thread, right? Yeah, there is a common that commonality. I don't know about what did you what did you find getting into this, or or how do you? go? I'll ask you guys each of you as we go through here. How do you feel about all this? Like we've, we're one weekend, we just talked about Dennis Martin, and as we start going into these other things, how how are you feeling about it?
1: Go ahead, Bake.
3: Well, I feel that as we look into these things, we look in at, at a lens to see what we can find that maybe somebody, you know, to talk about it, get more information out there, figure out may have what went on. But the thing is, is like, we're not taking it as it must be uh, supernatural or it must be a crypto or it must be whatever. We're more on the phase of this is what happened and it's kind of odd that, that people and things that other the stories are being lied you know like cross-patched so that certain people don't you know think it could be that you know we're not we're going at it with a logical mind instead of just assessing it must be this thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. No, good mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> no, it is a good point. Um like I we said keep when losing I first
3: Henry somewhere he's the missing.
1: He's back. <laughs> okay. He
3: keeps
2: slipping you know, into a space-time continuum. <sighs> Must be a that's, big. That's thing. fine
1: because that just adds to the whole <laughs> complex of four one one here.
5: There you go. Uh, go ahead. Uh, like I said,
1: going you know five six years and unfortunately I really didn't look at the calendar to see when the first uh, book came out, but I was introduced to uh, David Palides through um, Coast to Coast AM and heard an yeah. interview and how the whole story came about with David getting involved in these cases. And then once he started looking a little bit deeper into it, he started finding these common threads. He eliminated a number of cases that were um, deliberately um, provoked for somebody to want to go missing, or it was found that it was a suicide. And and all that yeah. stuff, just, he sifted through all of that, but left the cases open where... The mysterious circumstances in some of these cases is just so profound. And then there's commonality, but it was the mileage between all these cases. And then the more he explored, the more we explored, we find out this is a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just limited to national parks in the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. and you know you you can draw your col- conclusions many people many interviewers have asked david straight up what do you think he won't say and i can't say i blame him i think he has his personal philosophy as to what is going on but you you don't want to break that because you could be wrong
2: and so reasonable. so a lot of the criticism he gets from this is you know kind of what you said he didn't really he didn't really find anything you know the data's already been there but Uh You know, to your point, though, like you said, somebody had to sift through it. Uh Somebody had to look through these files and somebody had to put two and two together. Look, And, you know, that takes a a specific eye Uh to do something like that. And Uh David put a lot of time and effort into this. I mean, one of the things I did today was I I explored and I specifically searched searched, (laughs) specifically searched. Uh, criticisms of David Polites because I wanted to know, you know, I have my own personal opinions. Uh, mm-hmm. I've I've talked to David. I interviewed him many years ago on Beyond the Edge Radio, myself, Eric Altman, and Lon Strickler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said some things to us off air that were not any different than what he said on air, but he said them with a little bit more fact of the matter, a little mm-hmm. bit more that this is what he believes and what he would be willing to share. Mm-hmm. And that's his prerogative to do so. He, he's He's well within his uh rights to do that but Mm -hmm. i think also you're talking to a guy who's making his rounds on coast to coast he's trying to get this information out there he's raising awareness for it he's doing ufos conferences bigfoot conferences high strangeness conferences when you start putting your definitive stamp on something you're going to lose interest from one of those communities Mm because the bigfoot people aren't going to want to hear from anybody that says they were abducted by extraterrestrials and the UFO mm-hmm. people aren't going to want to hear about the Bigfoot people, right? You know, so you really have to be careful how you're you're, you're putting that information out there without trying to alienate any of the potential people. Because believe it or not, we're all consumers. We're all mm-hmm. buying into this, and this money that we spend into this phenomena is enabling David to continue on with this work.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: So you can call him snake oil or whatever, but it doesn't change the facts that if he's not investigating this shit's not going on with it.
1: Right, and you have to give him at least a little bit of kudos that there is no case that he reports in his books, kind of does like what Stan Gordon does. He takes reports and he's just putting it in there. Yes, there's his analogy to the common threads of all these cases, but he's taking actual facts. And like at the very beginning of the show here, it's incredible on the record-keeping that is just a complete and total failure on the federal government's end of national parks for people that go missing.
2: But, well, and, you know, go ahead, James. But the question of
3: that is, is, is it a failure or is it a deliberate failure? The fact is, is that did they put people in charge that were supposed to ignore it or did they pull people from in charge that weren't ignoring
6: it? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's the well, big question. question. And that's where, you know, listening to his presentations are important Mm -hmm. because as our executive producer was at one of these conferences, you know, the gist of David's uh, speaking, his presentation was that there is a cover up from the national parks. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think I read the same reporting from it that you guys did. You know, Mm -hmm. am I wrong? And did I interpret that incorrectly? Because I think, you know, that's what our EP was telling us, that there's something to this. But, James, you know, that's probably one of the more significant questions that, you know, I also have is, and we're going to step back here a minute in my thought process because, you know, as we said in the last show, there's no national database to – There's no national database from National Park Service that is reporting these sites, reporting these missing people. However, Mm -hmm. it's being documented somewhere in some way, Mm -hmm. shape, or form. What what David said is there's no national database he can go into and search, that there's no records, that uh, they're not keeping records. That doesn't mean they're not keeping reports. Mm -hmm. You know, a report is just part of the record. It's not the record. Mm -hmm. You know, and well, maybe in some instances it is if you only have the report, then that's the whole record on that case. But where is it stored? Where is it maintained? Who's looking into it? That doesn't go anywhere. They all literally become cold cases. And, you know, as we go back to last week's show, what did I say? There were twenty nine active cold cases that the FBI is investigating. Twenty nine of thousands of people missing. Twenty nine of them are getting attention. What makes those twenty nine people so important? Mm-hmm. Money? I don't know. What? Well, not really, because some of these people don't have any. Jane, or and you think that would be the easy I mean, answer.
3: Or mm-hmm. or popularity. I mean, honestly, like the girl that came missing a little while ago, she wouldn't have been an influence or uh, or or on the internet. Would there
2: be such a deal about her? Well, you and know? you make that you make that point, and you know when you and I were doing our presentation at. Uh, hills we said the same thing you know there's hundreds of uh native american and people of different ethnic backgrounds that disappeared but the only time someone cares is when they're a blonde youtuber Mm -hmm. you know blonde white youtuber and there's a sad reality Mm -hmm. to that that Mm -hmm. you have to have too many people that click on your like button before anybody gives a damn that you're missing right that's the part that is uh that's disturbing about the whole thing now as as we talked about James pe- putting people in charge that are willing to look the other way, I just you, you put yourself when you get to a certain level in any kind of government office, you you are a political figure. Mm-hmm. You're a bureaucrat. You're not doing the job. You're not Ranger Rick anymore. You know you're you're the you're the desk supervisor. And when something bad happens in your park, there's a lot of ramification that you have to deal with. And a lot of mm-hmm. it is keeping these parks open so they can continue to generate dollars right? for, uh, you know, the, the, the federal park government. Right, yeah. right? And here's our EP chimes in that said Politi said he wanted a list of all the missing persons and the park service said it would cost tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dollar. Uh, Brian, I think the figure he gave on one podcast was like $1.6 million or more. Mm-hmm. It was an incredible amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because, you know, think about it. They're not saying, give us $1.6 million and I'm going to give you this paper trail. It's this amount of money is for all the effort it's going to take to compile this information for you.
6: Mm -hmm. Because
2: they don't think I want to say the national park system is entirely nefarious. They might be ignorant, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if they're entirely nefarious. You're talking about an awful lot of data that nobody has.
1: Right. But then they're governed by uh, the Department of the Interior. So... Mm -hmm. You know, ones there's your superiors, the Department of the Interior, and they're going to dictate how they want these monies to come in.
2: And you really think they're going to want to put money and throw money out there to prove something snatching people in national parks mm-hmm. so no. then they can't leave them open to the public and cost millions right. of dollars in tourism a year? Right. No. Or no, other ramifications that would have. The big mystery.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it's and it, it is a mystery. I mean, even though you know one can make the case that it's just good business, it's still a mystery as to why we would continually want to put people at risk uh, for those things, right?
6: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and we go back to David Polite's. You know, for those people who may not be too familiar with David Polite's, <laughs> David is a, a former police officer who spent 16 and a half years, I think, for the San Jose Police Department, if I'm right, Vance. <laughs> And uh, mm-hmm. he worked in various departments. He was a detective. He ended um, up
1: as a detective. I believe he worked with the SWAT team and then. Uh,
2: at one point, yeah. He
1: transferred himself over to uh, um, as detective
2: for. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, what's the That's word I was looking department. for? Well, yeah, I mean. Street crimes. Street crime, right.
2: Yeah. I'm just pulling up his bio here. Mm-hmm. David we did ask David Polite several times to join us on the show his schedule just didn't permit it so this isn't a we're going to beat David Pilates up because he's not here because we'd have the same conversation with mm-hmm. him but probably a little bit more engaging mm-hmm. uh, but you know David really started making his names in our circle because of the Bigfoot books the Hoopa right. Project and uh, Tribal Bigfoot which were pretty mm-hmm. decent volumes and he had partnered with a forensic artist to do some artwork for his books and you know, he also purchased the uh, track record of Ray Crow, the late Ray Crow, and, and I think he digitized that, and that's available on the uh, his uh, his website, North American Bigfoot Search, I think is the name of the website. You mm-hmm. can Google that and uh, get a link right to it, uh, or com. That'll also take you to the Bigfoot store where you can buy his, uh, I think, what? Did, how many books did I say he's written now on this? Ten. Yeah, 10 yeah. books, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, you can get the two two Bigfoot books he wrote, which are, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a very specific way he writes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, right. it's very data-driven, and if you're looking for uh, Catcher in the Rye, it's not. Mm-mm. Henry, he, you've been on... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Vance. No, go ahead, please.
1: No, it's just a real quick plug also. Uh, there are two free David Pilate's movies, that his yes. son, um, who unfortunately uh is no longer with us due hmm. to uh self inflicted injury, but I, I don't want to get on that. There are two free of David Ploydie's movies, uh, Missing 411 and Missing 411 The Hunter or The Hunters or The Hunted,
2: hunted. The Hunted,
1: yeah. Um, and they're both very compelling, very well done. And it, it will kind of give you a flavor as to what all the books are because there's some stuff in here that is just... It'll give you chills um, because this is happening. This is factual. This is happening. How does somebody go out with a group of people uh, to go hunting and then one just disappears and yet there is no trace anywhere Again. of the <laughs> missing individual. There is just zero evidence and trace and nothing going on anyway enough of that so if you want to head over to youtube you can watch those it's relevant to what we're talking about
2: tonight uh we're were going to jump into that after the uh after the the, uh, commercial the news break henry before uh you were jumping in and out of the space-time continuum there buddy um, (laughs) sorry (laughs) i had asked everybody to give their opinion and how they're feeling about walking down this path and into the missing 401 phenomena and uh, you know their thoughts, initial thoughts. And I just want to know where you stood with all that before we jump into our... Uh, <laughs> while we try to get Henry back, let's just go ahead and jump into our uh, news break since we're pretty close. Before we do that, I guess I'll throw some of our uh, promotional information up there quick. You can support mm-hmm. the show, patreon.com forward slash Sasquatch experience. Starts at $2 a month. You get ad-free shows and some exclusive stuff that's uh, coming your way. We're a little behind on the content, folks, but we got it coming in droves. Mm -hmm. Lots of content coming for you. Starts at $2 a month. And, of course, social media, Sasquatch Experience on Facebook, Instagram, Squatch EXP on Twitter. And, of course, you can always email us at Sasquatch Experience. Dot com. That's not the email I wanted, but that's okay. Squatchexperience at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, sasquatchexperience.com, and uh, hit contact us or report your sighting because we do take them and we investigate them. If we're not close enough, we send them to somebody who are. So mm-hmm. on that note, folks, smoke them if you got them. We'll be right back right after this, Stranger Than Fiction News with Vance Nesbitt. <laughs>
1: This is the Sasquatch Experience Stranger Than Fiction News and Stories brought to you by Dr. Squatch soaps and shampoos. Funny names, but the stuff smells great. Just click the banner for some amazing savings. And our Patrons, become part of the experience and join us as a Patron. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Sasquatch Experience for as little as $2 a month. And now page one with an important headline. An Idaho town is upended in the search for a missing boy. Michael Joseph Vaughn, five years of age, was last seen on July 27th near his home in Fruitland, Idaho, according to the boy's family. Police say they have no leads. For 10 days, the quiet bedroom community of Fruitland, Idaho, has been overrun by drones, canine units, and hordes of on-foot volunteers, all scouring the area in a desperate effort to find a 5-year-old boy whose family calls him Monkey. Fruitland's 12 police officers, aided by more than a dozen local agencies, the FBI and state and county police, have searched over 3,000 acres of land. 200 residences and businesses, 200 trash cans, septic tanks, and 29 miles of the Snake River Bank bordering Idaho and Oregon looking for any sign of the missing child, Michael Joseph Vaughn. Mayor Brian Howell said residents had never seen anything like this in Fruitland. It is a pretty incredible little town, Mr. Howell said. Everyone is looking for him. He even personally joined some search efforts in the fields near Michael's home in Fruitland, a population of 5,400 residents, and about 50 miles northwest of Boise. The town, though not agricultural itself, is surrounded by farmland, part of the largely rural Payette County. Over 2,500 hours of searching have yielded very few, if any, developments. Investigators have been working just as hard now as they did when he first went missing, Mr. Howell said. They are literally leaving no stone unturned. They're draining all the canals, they're checking homes, and they're doing everything that they can do. The police have said that residents have been helping search efforts. Many have allowed officers to check their homes several times, and people in the area have called in over 160 tips and provided 60 surveillance videos from residents and local businesses. The outpouring care, time, love, and support has been beyond anything we can imagine, Brandy Neal, Michael's mother, wrote on Facebook last week. This is an unimaginable nightmare. Michael was last seen on July 27th around 6.30 or 7pm near his house. He was wearing a blue Minecraft t-shirt and black boxer briefs with lime green trim. Police Chief Huff said at a news conference on Wednesday that the authorities had not eliminated any possibility and that the priority of the investigation continued to be finding Michael. I have to tell you, I spent my entire childhood in the neighborhood where Michael went missing, Chief Huff said at the news conference. My children are growing up here. My law enforcement partners and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles or friends of children just like Michael were all in committed to finding Michael. Chief Huff said that he would continue to use national resources available to him, including a dive team, to look at the bed of the Snake River. On a personal note, I have taken great interest in this particular case, and I have looked to where Fruitland is located. It's about halfway down the state of Idaho that borders Oregon along the Snake River. There is a lot of mountainous terrain. There's a lot of greenery that runs through the valleys of the mountainous terrain, and there happens to be a very small cave system. Again, these are just facts about situations that are a common thread amongst many cases where those have gone missing. Thanks again for listening to the Sasquatch Experience: Stranger Than Fiction News and Stories. And now let's continue with the four one one. Thanks, Vance, mm-hmm.
2: Thanks for that. Uh, you know, relevant news topic, right? Like we have been talking about how these stories keep happening. They didn't stop just because we started no. talking about it. No. Which is kind of, sh- and hopefully, you know, we get answers to this young, you know, missing person very soon. Our thoughts right. with their family, of course, and just want some resolution, uh, you know, bring the boy home. Because, you know, as this is becoming very important for all of us and very personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we mm-hmm. start, you know, again, once again, taking this trip down the uh, this really strange and bizarre topic. Right. Baker and Henry, welcome back. Henry, you with us? Yes. All right. So before we went to break and lost you, I had asked everyone else to, you know, kind of give us where they're at so far emotionally and mentally with this topic that we're doing and, you know, how you feel about it in in general.
5: Well, it's an interesting subject and, and, you know, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, just went about this through Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. He actually, Uh, he wrote a couple of fascinating Bigfoot books and then he, then he moves on to this. Mm -hmm.
2: Do you think the Bigfoot led him to this or not Bigfoot physically took him by the hand and led him to this topic? But do you think the research that he was doing in Bigfoot took him into this, down this rabbit hole?
5: Well, now, he is always careful to say that he does not think the Sasquatch is responsible for any of these cases.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Nah. Whether you say it or infer it, it's not really different. Hmm.
1: No, and that's a good point, uh, Sean. That's a good point because yeah. my take from it is that he will not give a specific personal opinion about it
4: mm-hmm. yeah which, which, is which is different is fair,
1: uh, which, which is, I is, think different. is fair, right he may have a whole solution in his heart but he's just not vocalizing it and that's okay that's his right that's his privilege and uh, you know responsibility that comes first because i to do that to families that still have unsolved cases would be kind of a horrifying thing to do if it ever turned out not to be the case
2: I think you have to look at it from a PR standpoint that if David Pilates went out and said, Bigfoot stealing your babies, uh-huh. people aren't going to, you know, he's going to get turned off to like every other nut job. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. He becomes just as bad as this, just as bad as the Sylvia Brown's out there, you know, the uh-huh. psychics uh-huh. out there. Uh-huh. Uh, and how many psychics have also been involved with some of these disappearances was in- involved in the Dennis Miller or Dennis uh-huh. Martin, Mm-hmm. uh as bake and i were reading the cold vanish or listening to the cold vanish on the way home you know the the parents of the uh, the father randy you know contacting psychics about his son a psychic called him and said his son was fraternizing with a family of bigfoot mm-hmm. uh, around a lake up there so you know as much as we like to keep the esoteric separate you know, they find their way into these real life scenarios and, you know, here we go, a Sasquatch show talking about missing people. And, you know, people are like, well, if you don't think Bigfoot's part of it, what the hell is your angle? No, and we're not saying that I'm saying you have to keep your eye open, your ears open to the potentiality of the fact that it could be, but we're not saying that's it either. You know, we're just putting the potential out there
6: Mm -hmm.
2: and it's, it gets convoluted and it gets, it gets very messy. But, you know, you and I aren't writing books about it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely.
2: You know, we're not out there presenting on it. We're not trying to draw attention to this very serious issue, which Mm -hmm. is that there's people missing. Mm -hmm. Now, and without regurgitating what I just said over the last five minutes, let's move on here a little bit to some of these things that David had pointed out. Uh, And he actually does a presentation of this in one of the documentaries, but he calls them the missing 411 profile points, right?
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And that's, again, we talked about at the beginning of the show, these cases of all these missing people, have very common themes. And these profile points, we'll talk about them line by line here, you know, and how they're also important into what we do. Uh, First being point of separation. There's always a point where these people get usually ahead of the people they're with and disappear.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Which is interesting. You either lose sight of them or, uh, and sometimes they have fallen backwards, but generally it's, they have gone ahead or they've gone solo. Right. At some point, they disconnect from the people they're with, and they just vanish. No trace. Or sometimes they find a shoe or something, uh, you know, a little down the line. Time of disappearance is also very interesting, which the most common theme to that is mid to late afternoon.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, you know, this is where when you start talking about Bigfoot, it gets interesting because they're... You know, you look at the Bigfoot sighting data out there, and you can look at it and spin it whatever different ways. In fact, people keep trying to do this with moon data, right? The moon phases. Well, we get more Bigfoot sightings in full moon, which, by the way, we mm-hmm. don't. But mm-hmm. th- they like to make that connection, and, and it's the same. Like, well, oh, Bigfoot sightings happen at night. No, mm-hmm. not really. A lot mm-hmm. of these sightings happen in the daytime, and sometimes, specifically the ones I've investigated in this part of Pennsylvania – have uh-huh. been mid to late afternoon. Afternoon, right? Coincidentally, the uh-huh. same time that the David Pilates, you know, cases that he's investigating—not all, but some—also uh-huh. happen to disappear. So that, once again, there's another connection you could put together, right? Boulder fields. That one was interesting to me. That a lot of uh-huh. these yep. areas are surrounded by boulders or areas uh-huh. where they're really rocky and. Right. You know, and that's really important because when you have these younger people, as you start making that terrain more difficult, you think it would really slow these kids down or anybody down and make it a lot harder for them to transgress through these areas. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, they talk about these kids disappearing guys and they find them six miles or up thousands of feet of elevation where, you know, a grown man would have a difficult time getting to. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah, boulder field interesting commonality. About that, right? mm-hmm.
2: Why do you think that is, Vance? What's your thought on the boulder fields?
1: Well, it depends on what aspect. You know, Pickups. I've heard a couple of variations that the boulder fields uh, generally have high concentrations of granite. And, okay. you know, there, there's been a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say the woo, but maybe it is the woo, but so you, well, you know, said it so granite fields. Oh, <laughs> they have magical, mystical things going on in the granite fields, and there's quartz. And, Hey, there might be something tangible there, but you know, now, I quartz I've heard, but I've not heard the granite, yeah, yeah you know. So I don't know, yeah,
2: it, it's one, interesting, uh,
1: but I don't have a take on specifics regarding why yeah. a boulder field, um, unless. You know, it's unless there's a boulder that is again. covering an entrance to an underground natural cave system, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Well, you know, that's interesting because, you know, I don't have the graphic up for tonight because I've only did three mm-hmm. quarters of my homework. I'm sorry, listeners. No, no. But that map that was provided on Reddit... Mm-hmm. And it was shared into the End of the Fray radio group by one of Shannon's listeners. And congratulations, Shannon, on your uh, mm-hmm. Paranormal Podcast Award. Par- and uh, same with our friend Ryan Spray. Good job, guys. We're proud mm-hmm. of you. Side yes. note there. Job well done. Uh, that there was a map created where a lot of these missing people sightings happen along these, you know, cave systems, which also kind of correspond with national parks. So mm-hmm. you start putting two and two together, and what do you get? Right. right? Yeah.
1: So, no, it's interesting. You could overlay those maps on top of each other. We're missing people in concentrations and lay that over the cave. And it's very similar to each other. It, it's creepy. <laughs> this is definitely creepy. Yeah,
2: and I hate to say that, though, Vance, because I don't think there's a town that's not touched by a missing person. Right. No, and no, no. I'm just what, what saying we're, we're the, talking the about
1: concentration. Right?
2: Yeah. No, no, no. And I, and I wouldn't make that point, like, because people will say that, like, well, mm-hmm. pe- people go missing from every town and you're not mm-hmm. wrong, mm-hmm. except for we're talking about concentrations of people. Mm-hmm. What David Pallades calls these clusters
1: cluster, right,
2: that uh, show up. And when you overlay them on the map, they just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they line up,
1: man. they line up. Yeah, no, it's They're, it is kind of creepy
2: it is it's very creepy but you know there's got to be something to that
1: Mm -hmm. okay so beyond boulder field next
2: near water Mm -hmm. near water right Mm -hmm. and uh water source (laughs) is really important he always travels the creeks right we we hear that a lot through every you know bigfoot folk story there is legend of boggy creek uh which, you know, again, also- let me
1: interrupt real quick just on that new segment that I did. It's along the Snake River. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not just that this undiscovered bipedal creature would seem likely to be able to travel great distances using uh, rivers just because of the fact it's a less of an obstacle through woods, but... Natural wild animals do the same thing, they'll they'll mm-hmm. migrate along you know rivers because of the clearing. So it kind of yeah. makes sense. And you know, to have that case that I just yeah. reported um along the snake river in Idaho, and we all or yeah, in Idaho and Oregon border there, that's a hot spot. <clears throat> I have a lot of sightings in that area. It is yeah. a hot spot. Not saying that's what happened to Michael, but it's just it's a coincidence.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, most of these p- people are hiking, fishing, you know, mm-hmm. fishing activities. Mm-hmm. You know, we go back to Dior, right. Dior Coons, uh, from the missing four one one documentary. You know, that story mm-hmm. just sticks in my mind because it's, it's fresh for me. But uh, again, Boulder field,
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: point of separation, late afternoon disappears, uh, near water. There's a Creek that his mom and dad were fishing at, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after the you know what, you know, they all add up and a lot of these cases do. In fact, you know, some of these data points uh, David was looking at is the potentiality for these younger college guys, you know, getting inebriated and falling into a body of water.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, sadly, that happened to a, a friend of mine. Her brother had gotten, uh, you know, intoxicated at a bar in town, which is usually, you know, what you do when you go to a bar. And uh, he had walked across, was walking across the Market Street Bridge and he had, he, he went missing. Nobody had seen him. But the theory is he had fallen into the bridge because I think a month later or so they found his body mm-hmm. near uh, Harrisburg, you know, you know, washed up. And, you know, we, we know Bigfoot didn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is up until they found his body, he fell into that same pattern that David Pilates. Was investigating, you know, mm-hmm. you know, well-built younger men that are going, you know, disappearing for no particular reason.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you know, you got to wonder how much of this too happens because of that. But you know, you shouldn't have two or three-year-old intoxicated walking around, you know, no, you know, no. unattended in watershed areas either. So I mean, there's just right. a lot. Some of these data points, like I said, they don't all coincide, but they have f- similar elements within them. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Weather events You know, after they disappear The weather gets rough Making finding them very difficult
1: I think that's one of the most common things That that happens Once a person goes missing uh, There'll be a search party Coordinated and then it seems within Minutes, once that Assembles, the weather just turns Horrendous, whether it's, you know, heavy rains Or heavy snow Which You brought that up on the last show. Is this opportunistic? I
2: don't know. Well, and our next data point does that. But when you start talking about weather events and, you know, and these people missing clothes, missing shoes, you know, potentially succumbing to hypothermia or, 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 you know, dying of exposure, most of the time when they disappear, they're not planning on encountering these weather events either. Right. So you got a twofer there. Something's opportunistic and taking them, or they really are succumbing to just natural things that are happening. Though I just don't understand people dying dying of exposure in like 50 degree weather. I can imagine you getting cold, but I don't imagine it causing hypothermia. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. I guess it's all depending on how you're dressed. And you know, mm-hmm. look, it's been fifty today, and I've worn my robe around all day today. It was colder than hell.
1: No, and it was so sexy too.
2: I know, it wasn't as like Hugh Hefner uh, over here. <laughs> the next point disability or illness Mm
6: -hmm. you
2: know someone gets sick or they're they're disabled already deaf Mm -hmm. uh you know hard of hearing uh
1: down syndrome is a number of cases when
2: Mm -hmm. you start taking away some of those natural senses or the capacity you become opportunistic for for potential prey right but sometimes it's like these things almost know it Mm -hmm. now i go back to you know moving from the missing 411 i always go back to the locals Tom Powell's book where there's the story of the young girl who's deaf mm-hmm. and uh, she's visited at her home oftentimes by a Sasquatch creature and you know that just makes for a very interesting story like for some reason he you know chose to communicate with her and uh, you know it's ongoing but I guess one night if I remember the story correctly it's been some time since I read the book that the girl's father is in an accident Rex's car, and the Sasquatch actually brings him to his house. And it's the young girl that that finds him. Uh, So that was always interesting. And you got to wonder how much of this – Henry, are you familiar with that story from Tom Powell's book, The Locals?
5: Yes, I am. It's been a while since I've read the book, but I am familiar with it.
2: Do you remember the name of the girl from that story? They did use a name. I don't know if it was a, probably wasn't a real name. I can't, I had, I actually said it before we came on the air and now I can't remember it at all because that's how life goes. But anyhow, if you get a copy of The Locals by Tom Powell, folks, uh, one of my favorite Bigfoot books, and it's got some really interesting offbeat stories in that book that you're not going to read in other books, you know, stuff John Green's not going to talk about because he's dead now. And uh, Mm -hmm. But even before that, He just wasn't writing books that kind of had those type of stories in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Canines not able to find scent or lose the track quickly.
6: Mm -hmm.
1: And not only that, but a lot of the canines refuse. Yeah, There's there's a number of cases where the handlers can't even get the dogs to cooperate to do what Mm -hmm. they've been trained to do. There's just a refusal from the dogs to take a trail. And uh, mm. that's really peculiar within itself.
2: And if you've not been part of a search and rescued effort with dogs, mm. I encourage you to do so. Cause it's pretty extraordinary. James mm. and I, and I mentioned this on the last show, uh, we're part of a dog training and James, that was, uh, that was intense because those dogs are good. Mm-hmm. That was a segue for James. That's <laughs> okay. And,
3: Sorry, I got a lot of background noise, so I've been muting my mic um, between the dog and some other things. But yeah, it's amazing the training the dogs go through. I mean, uh, it, he the you could put somebody an acre away, and they would figure out where that person was without any trouble. You know, like it's 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 one of those situations where that dog is fixated on that specific task and there's nothing going to dissuade it,
4: you know? Mm-hmm.
3: So it's amazing that they can't find more, you know, when they do use the animals.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's remarkable. And a lot of times it's just from like a quick whiff of a t-shirt or something. Once they get that scent, man, those dogs are off. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we witnessed this for a whole afternoon of them just training and doing oh. the exercise. But it was incredible to mm-hmm. see how, you know, just, extraordinary these these animals are and for this to happen and i'm sure the ones that they're using on these are trained even more and they're even different types of dogs cadaver mm-hmm. dogs don't work you right. know bloodhounds don't work or they work to a point and then they just disappear and that rarely happens mm-hmm. now one could make the argument well maybe the weather washes it away or something like that yeah, but that's a pe- potentiality for any situation that these dogs are used to working in Mm-hmm. And you're not talking about something that has like dead nose, like, you're oh, talk about something that's got an incredible honed, skilled scent, you know, mm-hmm. ability to detect scent. And it's mm-hmm. just strange to me that this happens mm-hmm. because it also goes into the next point that a lot of times these people deceased or even alive are found in areas that were searched.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is such a creep factor to begin with. They have gone yeah. over the area five, six, seven, eight times. And then the body is discovered in the area that they just combed over, you know, weeks later and there's the mm-hmm. body. And then in some of the cases, yeah. it doesn't appear that the body was moved. I, mm. I, I just, how do you, I, I, that's just so creepy within itself.
2: You know, I go into a, uh, you know, a high strangeness case with that one, which is the Todd sees case that, you know, we've talked with Butch. Butkowski mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, even Lon Strickler, uh, you know, an awful lot about. And he was found. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, uh-huh, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell.
1: In that case, I
0: pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: In an area they had already searched. And Mm -hmm. when they found him, his body was not in good condition. Something Mm -hmm. should have smelt that. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's be honest. You know, when you have these searches going on, they're not just 100 people walking all willy nilly trying to find no. somebody you know most of the yeah. time it's you know grid-like search-like patterns so they could go through they talk about this in uh missing four and one the hunted the documentary mm-hmm. folks like vance said check these out because you know whether you like david polides or not the man's putting this work in and bringing something to the table that nobody else has done yet mm-hmm and a lot of people have taken his work and tried to claim it for their own and do yeah. all these things. And then they get Man, that's gonna happen. he files a copyright claim, but do your own homework. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to borrow his work, give him credit for it.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: But these things that, uh, they're, just, it's, they're so extraordinary that there's so many of these data points that are
6: mm-hmm. just
2: that line up amongst these cases so well. Uh, missing clothes, That's another one very common to find a shoe or missing clothes. Mm -hmm. And then finally an unknown cause of death that when they do find these bodies, there's no reason why they should be dead. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that freaks me out. Like there's no reason why they should be dead.
6: Right.
1: Yeah. And there's variables in that case. Uh, I remember one case, but I can't give specifics to names or anything where the where a body was discovered in a ravine but the body had no evidence of damage of falling down the ravine it was as if it was tossed off the ravine and and the impact is when it hit the bottom not a slip and fall and you roll down the hill and that that case in itself kind of freaked me out how did that body End up sustaining such damage from such a fall, but yet there was no impact damage to the body as if it hit boulders and trees and scratches on the way down. That was not apparent.
4: Yeah, and I'll go back back to something
1: uh, real quick. Um, sure, uh, in the cadaver dogs and, and scent dogs, uh, currently, right now, there is. A federal program that's actually using turkey vultures in the same capacity because turkey vultures have the highest scent uh, capabilities uh, because they they can pick up you know death from 20 miles away and just one molecule and they can pick it up and hone in on it and find it. So they're currently in training with uh, uh, turkey buzzards. And I find that interesting. <laughs> they would get to the point of location a little bit faster, I would think, than a dog. But
2: usually every Monday, James and I go somewhere to, like, you know, whether it's out to the land or whatnot. And every time, James, does it fail that we see turkey vultures mm-hmm. or vultures make- so- mm-hmm. circling around. And I always say to him, well, something's dead over there. Mm-hmm. Because you know what that is. That's like an international sign for death.
1: Death, right.
2: And. Have you, have you ever seen a boat? They're ugly, too. They're not the. You
1: know, no, we have so many of them here, Sean. It's crazy. No, not the I prettiest mean, looking. We, they're on the huge. No, they're, yeah, they're big. <laughs> you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah,
2: they're
3: they're prehistorically
2: huge. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, I
2: saw one get hit by a truck one day as it wouldn't leave what yeah. it was feeding off mm-hmm. of, and it got mm-hmm. it got a little mm-hmm. too fat to fly, and oof, mm-hmm. that was it a just hell of a mess. But it
1: gives its give brother something.
2: I think I'm going to have to uh, research that one a little bit Vance. the federal program with Turkey. Well, that's interesting
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, and yeah. a little morbid, but very interesting. You know, mm-hmm. and I go back to, like I said, because these cases are in my mind, you know, Dior Coons is still missing
6: mm-hmm.
2: since 2015. He's still missing.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And. The private and two of the three private investigators working on that case have either recused themselves or dropped it mm-hmm. because they didn't feel that people were being quite honest in their recounting a lot of varying accounts between family members a mm-hmm. uh, very s- s- sketchy situation if you go and watch uh, the missing four and one just the first documentary
4: mm-hmm.
2: and it really opens your eyes to some of these things that uh you you just don't think about and kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. We, we look at these missing four one one. What did I call them in my notes here? Profile points. And you can relate a lot of Bigfoot data with this stuff, man. You could connect those dots and, you know, definitively say, Hey, there's something to this. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's the one thing that we don't even have to prove that Bigfoot exists. And that's, you know, the proof that Bigfoot exists. It exists. Right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. One more note from Brian here. Polites offers an open challenge to anyone during his presentations to take a look at those conditions and all the missing people and come up with an acceptable explanation. Mm -hmm. So far, no one has. And I had gone on to uh, Reddit today. There's a Reddit or an R slash missing people. And I, because I told you, one of the things I wanted to find was criticism toward David Polites and you know things that weren't personal attacks because I think it's easy to discredit discredit someone's work by attacking the person, not the work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't put a dent in the work, so you're going to try to put a dent in the person. And nobody's come up with a, a, anything that I've seen that I, you know, think is, you know, an alternate yep. setup. Like there, and not that he's definitively put a stamp on something that it is, but. There's just something more to this that meets the eye, and I get uncomfortable with it. Doesn't mm-hmm. make me feel good, you know. No, it,
1: the, it doesn't make any, do. any of us feel good. No, there, there's again. I keep using that word creep factor, but it's creep factor. Especially all the similarities, you know. When you when you go through any of the missing four one one, especially in the first books, when you start to realize this person went missing. There was notification to either park rangers, they organize, and then the weather turns to crap. It it was just, it happened so often. And it's like, okay, is the weather that common that it turns to crap that often? Well, people wouldn't be going camping there for the weekend. If that were the case, national parks wouldn't be that way. But it seems to happen a lot in these cases. Again, again, is it opportunistic of a entity of some sort to say, oh, well, the weather's going to be turning crappy here pretty soon. I better go snatch myself something. Uh, well, time to go
3: find lunch. It's going to rain. Yeah.
6: Well, yeah,
4: again,
1: we always go back to the that analogy of, oh, it's eating people. I, I, I might not necessarily buy into that, but, you know, I don't
2: know. I don't, know. I don't think it's a snack food, but, you yeah. know. Man, I don't know. And and it just puts it... But if you got to eat, you got to eat. And, mm-hmm. you know, humans often resort to eating each other in extreme <clears> situations. <throat> you know, it's happened. Uh, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that... Is it a fantastic explanation? Absolutely. It mm. takes an awful lot of personal, I don't know, bias to throw it away and say it's just not... A potentiality mm-hmm. Right but you know if you're in the field That we're in and you do the research we do Well Bigfoot's more of a realistic uh, Thing to us than it is to most people Anyhow right, right? Mm-hmm. And something like this wouldn't be outside The realm of no. animal behavior Mountain it's lions a- do a- it Bears do it right. These things oh. attack people Yeah Why that, we- that's, that's one thing
1: I wanted to bring up that I forgot That's one thing that David does is predation. He can Mm -hmm. immediately eliminate the predation uh, aspect of it. And yes, there are a lot of cases where a mountain lion, you know, took out a hiker and okay, there's enough evidence of that. Yes, we do see that. And those get eliminated from any of these storylines. It's the lack of evidence. And you brought up earlier, like David does, it's usually the ones if it's on a hiking trip you generally are walking in single file. That's how you go hiking. It's single file. And then, you know, one will be, you know, 20 yards ahead of everybody else on a curve. And that person is now gone. And it happens more often with the person in the lead than it does with the person in the back. You would think it would be the exact opposite, but it's not. And that's weird within itself.
2: Well, just think about that, though. Most of the people that are leading from the front are kind of the steadfast trailblazing type. Mm -hmm. You know, they're usually, you know, the, I don't want to say alpha male or alpha female type, but generally they have that, you know, they usually they have to, you know, for some reason be ahead of everybody and they get ahead of people. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if you've ever gone hiking or walked with me and Baker anywhere. There's usually oh, not a whole lot I can't keep up with
6: you, there. man. <laughs>
2: yeah. You'll be yeah, the
1: I one to move. go because you're ahead of the line. Yeah.
2: I can move for a little guy. Yeah, <laughs> I got some traction. But uh, <laughs> See, you never put like James and I. Uh, yeah, James and I couldn't hike side by side because there's not a trail big enough. That uh, <laughs> no, and hey. that's just me. <laughs> wow. It's not so that bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, he only gets scraped on the shoulders
2: a few times. It's well, you know, and Brian Brian asks a really good question in the chat here. Yes, if there's signs of animal predata- predation, Palides doesn't include it, but should he? And you know, to me, that answer should be yes. And because I think when you uh, when you take out data, you're contaminating data. Mm-hmm a lie of omission or a, a, a still a lie a lie by omission is still a lie and you're mm-hmm. falsifying the the true data set mm-hmm. and, it,
3: and it also looks like you're
2: altering the data to fit what you want you're you painting a narrative absolutely mm-hmm. but I think to the point is if it's evident that it is he just takes it out it's not included mm-hmm. you know so I think it's not he's paint using that information to paint the picture he's just not putting it in there and mm-hmm. if you have a pattern of uh, big cats attacking people at one park, that data should still be included in the set. Even mm-hmm. if there's no evidence that a big cat was responsible for that person, it should still be in there as a potentiality. There's no mm-hmm. evidence that Bigfoot's beating these people to death and eating them either, but we're talking about it. so.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Thanks, Brian. Good point. Yeah, that's right. great. Now you're why he's our, up now. That's
2: why he's our showrunner right there, you know, the guy that helps – put this show on each and every week, which you can week, which you can too for a little as $2 a month. Mm -hmm. Patreon.com forward slash Sasquatch experience. Mm -hmm. Any final comments, questions or concerns for everybody tonight on the show?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. uh, If, if you're so inclined, at least watch those two documentaries on YouTube. They're free. Also David Politis does on average once a week at the Canam Missing Project on YouTube you can subscribe yes. and you get notifications and he'll talk about three cases within relevant you know well he does go back and forth but you know current cases that are all fitting the same narrative who these people are goes into a bit of a background Um, It's him talking, he'll show pictures, he'll show maps where these people went missing, the correlation and similarities of other cases. You know, this terrain looks very similar to this person going missing in this terrain. And again, there's still no answers, but it's the Can-Am Missing Project on YouTube. It's David Polite's copywritten channel. And uh, it's interesting, and it generally runs about 30 minutes or so. And he's on at least once a week. And, again, if he ever ends up watching this episode, um, I know he's going through a really tough period with the loss of his son. And it's it's hard for him to keep going forward, but he keeps going forward. And that says a lot about dedication.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it says a lot about his character, too, that Mm -hmm. even through personal tragedy, he's still going to boot up and, you know, get right. other people through their own personal yeah. tragedies by right. missing a loved one. Right. This yeah. is an easy and folks uh, for any information that could help locate any missing child, please contact the national center for missing and exploited children, missingkids.org, or call 24 one 1-800-843-5678. Let's help bring some of these kids home mm. or help please. at least, you know, calm the minds of some worried folks out there. It's a serious situation going on out there. We don't have to paint the ugly picture for you, but we do thank you for tuning in and listening to us each and every week here on the Sasquatch Experience. I'm Sean Forker. That's Vance Nesbitt. He's mm. James Baker. And Henry May, why don't you go ahead and give him those final words? Y'all be good or be good at it. Next week, folks, we'll be back. Episode 38, Abducted. hmm stories of Sasquatch abduction. These aren't going to be missing four-on-one stories per se, but we're going to kind of start relevating to some of these thoughts as we go along. Next week, we'll see you. Good night, everybody.
3: You've been listening to Sasquatch Experience. Please rate and review wherever this podcast is consumed. To share your experience, visit us on Facebook or email us SquatchExperience at gmail.com.
4: Keep on squatching.